What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley, and welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, all right, Hustle Fam, Hustle Fam. We are back with another amazing episode. And this time, we are virtual, man. I had to tap in with Truck and Hustle alumni, family, friend, Mr. Mike Stewart, tapping in all the way from California. What's up, Mike? What's going on out there, man? Man, same old, same old. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. You know, um, weathering all storms, you know, just uh, making it happen, maintaining. But life is beautiful, man. Life is good. How's things on your side? Same, same. Just fighting, you know, as always, to, to stay on top. Yeah, for sure. So the last time that we connected was what? Maybe was it a year ago? A year and a half? Maybe so. It was a little while. At least a year. At least a year. At least a year and some change. I forgot what episode number you are, but for all those OG listeners, I will make sure I include that episode so you could um, check out the first time me and Mike got together. Had an amazing episode. Really, really great feedback. Um, and we're back. We're back to do it again, man. I, I, I would have loved to do it in person, but because we can't, you know, we're going to make it happen right here, man. I'm, I'm all ears, man. Let's do it. <laughs> all right, cool. So for all those who aren't familiar with you, who maybe did not see uh, the first time we chatted, man, just give yourself a brief introduction of who you are and just kind of tell your story a little bit, uh, uh, a little bit about yourself, man. All right. I'll try to make it quick. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I'm going on my 13th year or I just hit 13 years uh, driving and being in the industry and I've been on my own as far as Reliant, uh, which is right here, it was started, that was established in 2017. I don't think it launched till about 2019. Um, so much to to get on about, uh, trying to see where I can start, but um, shoot. Uh, just just, just so give, the high, give the high level of What's your company does, and we'll and we'll and we'll and we'll kind of dip in and out of the backstory and all that. Um, what 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 do you what does Reliant do? Okay, so we are a trucking company, and we're we're really versatile. Number one, uh, we are tankers, and we specialize in everything that's hazmat, and uh, and we also do it with uh, drive-in. We do it with flatbed, and we do tankers and totes and reefers, and we do power only. We do everything that we can to make sure we keep those wheels spinning. Got you. Now, when we first met, you were more so focused on fuel transport, Correct. right? Fuel yes. transport. And I think that you were starting to pivot a little bit and you were getting into hazmat at that point, right? You, you had started getting some hazmat contracts and you were making that pivot. So are you still in a fuel transport or have you direct, or you have you shifted into all hazmat now? Everything. We're still in fuel. Still doing fuel too. Yes. Okay. We're Got you. More, we're doing it more on the drive-in side now. Um, okay. And now we're doing drayage uh, port work too on the hazmat side. So we, we got some ISO chassis. So we haul the ISO tanks. A lot of people don't know what that is, but yeah, the tank that goes to a chassis. 
Okay, got it. So you say you're doing dreads now. You're yeah. doing. You said you you doing what? What was the other thing you said? Dry what? Uh, drive in, drive in. Drive in for fuel transport. Has just uh for the hazmat tow. For hazmat. Okay, got you. Still yeah. doing fuel. I was gonna say how you do drive in fuel transport. That don't make no sense. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. And and what do you what do you in terms of like size of your company? Like how many trucks do you guys have? Let's kind of get that stuff out the way. So we're at 16. I tell everybody a dub, but truth be told, we're at 16 power units. Um, I think we're at 21 drivers. Um, probably got, I think we're about maybe 16 tankers, four drive-ins. We're down to one reefer. Uh, we have three flatbeds, two ISO chassis. We have a straight truck, tow truck. I might have a little something else like that that I can't think of off the top of my head. Got I, it. Honestly, it's at the point where I don't know all of the equipment. Yeah, yeah. Get numbers or none of that. Far <laughs> hard anymore, that that's a good sign, man. That means you're growing. You it means it's too large to keep it all at the front of your your mind, right? It's like you got a couple pieces of equipment out there on the road at any given time, right? Um, all right, and you started this business in 2017. You said right officially. Officially, yes. Right, but you've been in the industry for 13 years. Correct. Right, and you started out driving a truck for somebody. How how'd you get to start in the in the industry? So I started with CR England. I stayed with them for almost four years, um, and I worked work for a local uh, fuel company after that here in here in town in Bakersfield. And um, I worked for one, and I worked for another, and I, I learned. I soaked up as much game as I could. Mind you, I never had the intentions to start Reliant. I never, that was not the plan, but I was kind of forced into it because the company that I worked for and managed, um, they just didn't take care of me. And I said it in the last uh, interview, you know, it's that saying, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. And I kind of reversed that. Whereas if I can't join you, I'll beat you. Mm. And, and that's. Right, right, right. I, that, I'm telling you, I didn't, I didn't, I had no idea, man. It still trips me out to this day. Um, you know, I walk around, I see the employees. Um, and in my mind, it's still, I'm just a, a manager, but you know, that's kind of how I represent myself. Um, but the others, they, they see owner. I talk to people, I see them shaking and getting nervous, and I, and it's. It's different, man. I don't, I don't really like all of that. But <laughs> it, it, it's hitting me. You know what I mean? It's real. right, right. And, uh, and to touch on on, on the, the feelings based on that, because um, we do offer health benefits uh, such as Kaiser. And I think one of the one of the things that was the most emotional thing for me was knowing that I see these employees have babies, and knowing that Reliant is responsible for the health care of the kids. And wow. That's huge. I, major. That's and, huge. And I, see them, I see them buying homes. I see them buying new cars, and, and I'm just proud of them. So it's things like that that really uh, it, it hits you in the heart. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, man. And I mean, you've accomplished a lot in six years. Um, you know, seventeen. It's only been six years, man. So you've had a ton of growth. Uh, so congratulations on that. You've built this business by yourself. I mean, obviously you have a team, but you started this by yourself, correct? Correct. I, I got as big as I could by myself, and I now have a team. As you can see, I got more people in the office now. New location. Uh, we outgrew the other yard, um, and now I mean, and plus on top of that, I had a lot of pride. Pride was in the way, you know, and I was just 
all me, you know, I'm gonna do it by myself. And now I actually have help and, and it's a whole lot better. Yeah, yeah. So, Got it. All right, cool. Let, let, let's get into let's get into the meat and potatoes, man. So let's talk about the business. So right now you said you're you, you're doing a ton of stuff, right? You just now named a few different things that I knew that I knew about and then some other things that you've expanded into. Right. So let's kind of talk about starting from fuel transport. That's kind of where we left off. Right. On the yeah. last podcast. And then we picked up with you were getting into the hazmat. You saw a big opportunity in the hazmat space where there was a lot more, uh, you know, lows, right? A lot more available lows for you if you were able to niche down into this hazmat space. So you started double down, double downing on that. So talk about that. Talk about fuel transport, how you kind of started there. Then you started transitioning into hazmat and then talk about all these other different niches that you've grown into now. So we'll, we'll kind of start there. Okay. So with fuel, um, like I said prior, I came from a fuel company as a company driver and a terminal manager. And so uh, what I did with that was understand the game and how it works. Now, when I left the company that I was with, I simply had a truck because I was a, a subcontractor with them and I went out and bought a tanker. And when I got that tanker, I had no idea what to do with it, to be honest with you. Um, but once I was free and clear and separated, I pulled up, I pulled up to the refinery knocked on the door and asked the lady what I'm here. I'm, I'm willing to haul whatever you got. And I kid you not from that day till, till this day, they gave me a minimum of two loads a day, every single day. I feel like for the rest of my life, minimum <laughs> um, from that one particular refiner. Right. And here we are uh, six years later, only, only having to do, we only deal with two refineries. Okay. So, so if things get slow with them, we're now knocking at other doors. And I, I never have done that before. And that's because things are changing. So if it's just not uh, the tanker stuff that we can do, I'm like, well, let's do it with the dry bins. Let's do it with the flatbeds. Because if, you know, for those that are out there, if you get on the load board, select the button hazardous material. And you'll see the rate almost be triple than what it is based on a, a regular uh, load. I use the load board as well. Mm. And I, I think a, a lot of problems with people have with a load board is they don't know how to use it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the load board. It's the user. User error. It's you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know how to use it right. These people will call you. Right. Right. Yeah. All right, we'll, we'll we'll get into that, but let let's slow it down real quick. So, um, you said you started with, with two refinery. One we started with one refinery, then you got two. Were those two connected? Or was that another customer you end up finding? Two separate customers. Two separate refineries. Now, how many refineries are there in your area that you could potentially do business with? I would say within the the county, at least twenty. At least twenty. And what yeah. makes these? two refineries so special that you decided to stick with them so long until kind of now that we started venturing out, you're looking to do business with other ones. Why would they, was it just that they were just providing you enough work to keep you good and you didn't have to, or what was that? Was that what it was? They gave me more, they gave me so much work that I couldn't keep up with it. Mm. So there was no need to knock on another door. Got it. Got it. But they all do the same thing, right? Two different, different products, different, different uh, lines of work. And no, what I'm saying, all the refineries, they all pretty much do the same thing. They all give you fuel to, to take to the to the gas stations. Now, the gas stations is, is, is hard work. I'm not okay. really, I could do it and we could do it, but we, that's not what we want to do. I, we try to do refinery to refinery. Oh, OK. So hold on. The last time we talked, you were doing to the gas stations. Correct. 
Okay, so you don't do that. You don't do that as much anymore. So things have changed. Things have changed. <laughs> okay, talk to me. Tell 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 me how that works now, and tell me how you how you moved into that. Because before when we talked, you were doing refinery to gas station. You were fueling up the gas stations, right? right. So what made you stop doing that business model and you move from refinery to refinery? How did you get that opportunity? Let's start there. And then and what makes that better than going from the, the, the refinery to the gas station? What makes it better is, is not having a headache. When you do gas stations, you have to worry about the driver putting the wrong product in the wrong tank. I'm sure you've heard of that. You got a load of gasoline and they put in a load in a tank of diesel. Headache. Insurance goes up. You got drivers that deliver to the wrong gas station. It's headaches, it's stress, and and I'm not, we're not in it, but it's stress. So it's a whole lot easier to go from this refinery to that refinery and get it done like that. Okay, but how how do you get those opportunities? Is that does that just come with being seasoned and being knowing the right people? How do you go from going to the gas station to going to refinery to refinery? I believe that comes with letting the people know that you're willing to do whatever it is that they need help with. Okay. So not me going in there saying what I want to do. I'm I'm in there asking what can I do for you? Okay. And that's what they need. So what makes them, what made them, okay, this is the same refinery though, right? Going from the, the same refinery that would send you to the gas station. Now they're sending you to a refinery, right? So what's the difference between those moves and why would they say, hey, Mike, we need you to go to a refinery now as opposed to the gas station. I'm just trying to understand like what was the change? Because things change. Okay. Tell me, pricing, how did they change? The pricing of fuel, it can be due to where work is needed. I, it, let's just say, for example, uh, I do the work for a certain rate and another com another company comes in and do it for half the cost. Okay. Lose it. You could lose it to someone else. Okay. So, so by being open and saying, hey, well, I'll take this or hey, I'll take that. Okay. So, but is, okay. So from a, from a, from a, a fuel hauler, a fuel transporter, from your perspective, is that like the next level or is that like, is that a better, that's a better opportunity, right? That's what I'm trying to get to. Or is it the I, I same would, or is it like- I would say, I, I would say the, the pay is less. Okay. But it's better, in my opinion. Why? The headaches. The headaches, <laughs> yes. okay. So you you, you uh, get you get paid less because you're not doing the physical part of the job. Yes, and there's less, there's, there's less driver error. We're not worried about somebody hitting a car at a gas station and again, wrong station delivery, cross dumping, um, all those types of situations is what happened. It happens all the time. Mm. So when you've got a routine and it's one product at that, when you're doing stations, you know, you've got mid-grade, you got premium, you have regular, and you got diesel. Imagine you got four different products in a four apartment trailer. And when you go to the gas station, you have to put that product in the right hole. When you have a driver that doesn't put in the right hole, it costs a lot of money. It costs it'll cost the whole gas station to, to shut down. And the gas station could charge you five hundred to one thousand dollars an hour. That is down until you suck all that product out and go back and get more and fill up the tanks again. Those are the headaches and the problems that I do not want to do. It, it <laughs> okay. actually gives a couple great hairs, they're not really showing. But <laughs> so so you so you had some situations like that, obviously, and probably everybody in your business probably has had similar situations before, right? Drivers putting stuff in the wrong hole and so forth. One hundred percent. Okay. Every, I think every fuel company out there has done. 
Got it. All right. So you start going refinery to refinery. You said that you, it may be less in terms of the rate, but number one, um, it, it's easier. Like the actual delivery process is easier. It's one commodity, just this one type of fuel, because what what do they go? The other refinery breaks it down and makes it the different types of fuel. Is that what, what happens? What's the well, process? It won't necessarily be fuel. It could be a different name of a product. You know, you got products such as RTO. You got products by the name of uh, Transmix. You got product uh, gas oil. There's all types of different commodities, and they're all labeled as hazmat. Okay. Still, they can go inside of the same tanker. Okay, so yeah. so they'll be at one refinery, and then you send them to another refinery for what to happen. They'll break. They'll do whatever they do with it. They'll take it and break it down, make something else out of it. Okay, okay, got it. But that, but that same. So those, those. So it's not only fuel. It's just all different types of stuff at this refinery. Yes. Yeah. Okay, got it, got it. And you're doing those direct line hauls from refinery to refinery. And how yeah. how how long are those transits usually? For us. Um, anywhere from 150 to 170 miles. Okay. Okay. Got it. And about how many of those does a driver do like one or two? Some drivers on a good day, they can get two done. Okay. But for the most part, they'll do one. Okay. For the most part, they'll do one. All right. Got it. And are you, do you have to wait for it? Is it kind of like staged already? Is it ready for you? Like, how does that work? 24 hours. 24 hours. Okay. So, so. So it's just so basically the trailer is already loaded and ready for you. The driver goes and gets it or they have to like live load it. You live load it. You go to refinery and you top load it. Some in some cases and the other ones you bottom load because I'm speaking on two different refineries. OK, you top load one and you can bottom load the other. OK, so give me an example. So the one you top loading, what are you what are you loading in there? That would be RTO. RTO. RTO? Yes, sir. And what is RTO? What does that do? I believe it's. People know it. It's something <laughs> gas, gas, gas oil. Gas oil. I think it's renewable gas oil or something like that. Okay. Right. Okay, got you. And then and, that and we load it from the top and we deliver it and it, and it gets pumped off from the bottom. Okay, got it. And then you said the other one is what? The from the other refinery? That's a transmix. That's a transmix. And what do you do with that? Same concept. You you bottom load that from one refinery and you take it to another. Okay, got it. All right, so you have your guys delivering one one load of that a day. How many got, how many drivers do you have delivering that that per day? Uh, we could do seven of each in a day. So okay, like fourteen fourteen yeah. loads. Correct. Okay, got it. So you guys, so two refineries, seven a piece of yes. the different the different product, um, and that's all you guys are doing for that particular for that particular route with the with the uh, refinery. Yes, and and that and that will be at a peak, and then at any given moment, believe it or not, that seven can drop to two. Okay, at just like that. And what and what impacts that? What makes that happen? Honestly, uh, it could be due to rain. It could be due to uh, a customer that they're selling their product to is no longer interested or whatnot. It can happen at any given moment, and that's what makes the reason why we're versatile. Because the minute that happens, we're we're picking up that phone. We're dropping those tankers and hooking up to dry vans, flatbed, or anything else. Got it. Because so when not, those drivers are gonna sit. When, when do you when do you get your orders? Do you get them like the week before or is it like day to day? Beginning of the month. So you get it for you, so you have the month planned out. Yes, sir. Does it change? I guess like on a day, like is sometimes so, so for example, uh, October 31st, you can have 
let's say seven and seven of each refinery. Come November first, okay. you can have two at this one and four at that. Right Got one. you. So you go from fourteen to six loads at any given moment with no heads up or nothing. Yeah. So it's subject to change. Anything can happen. Yes. But it is consistent for the most part when it's when everything is going and everything is the way it's supposed to be. It's pretty consistent work. Um, and you have um, 14 guys that are able to run that route. Easily. Yes. Easily. OK, cool. So that's consistent revenue. So that's good. All right. And then so you have that going. And then what's the other you said drage? Yes. That's How does that work? Tell me about that. Same same concept. We can have a customer reach out to us and say, hey, we want you to move some ISO tanks. Bring your chassis, hook it up. We'll put the tank on top. You go make the delivery and bring it back. And those pay well, and you can be up to two a day, and then you may not have nothing for two or three months. Okay. And the ISO tanks are hazmat, obviously, right? Yes, sir. And how did you find out about that opportunity? Oof, that was luck. <laughs> I, I, honestly don't, I can't even remember how. I just know that. Oh, you know what? The load board. Um, we were we were putting the ISO tanks on top of a flatbed, which can be done, but it's not recommended. Um, okay. Because you're basically taking a tank that's supposed to be mounted on a chassis style trailer, and you're putting it on a flatbed. And we did it so common or and often, we're like, well, let's get the right trailer for that, and it, it ended up being the chassis trailer. Got it. So the load was on a load board, but then they took it on the flatbed. They just needed it moved, and they were like, yeah, it's fine. Get bring a flatbed. Bring a flatbed. And, and we had it on a on a spread axle uh, flatbed, and it was so heavy you could see it just denting the trailer in. It's not recommended, right? So that's was like why we're like, well, let's go ahead and get the right trailer for it. And it was basically consistent, and just like anything else, it could disappear and be gone. Got it. So you had to purchase that that trailer. Purchase two of them. Yes, sir. You purchased two. Okay. Yes. Got it. And they, and they both fit one ISO tank a piece on both on each trailer. Yes, sir. Okay, got it. All right, so you got that. So that's the drage portion. And then you said you, you you picked it up at the port, right? At the LA port? Or Long Beach, yeah. Long Beach, oh, you're doing Long Beach. Okay, the Long Beach port, you take that to where, then you bring, you said you bring the empty chassis back? How does it work? Well, we'll we were taking them, we're picking up in uh, Long Beach, and we'll take it to Phoenix. We'll, they'll empty it off, and then we'll bring that, that tank back to Long Beach. And the empty back. tank back. Yes, sir. Got you. Got you. Then you do the same thing again next day or whatever. Yes. Okay. Got it. All right. And then what else? What else you got going? We got the food grade going. Uh, the food grade is consistent. I uh, haven't seen that disappear. What? None whatsoever. And okay. I, I want to say that was probably the food grade is probably the hardest commodity that I've ever tried to get into. Can you explain what food when you say food grade? What does that mean? It's like a tanker, like a milk tanker. So a milk tanker is considered a food grade trailer where it can be used for uh, orange juice, lemonade, wine, pomegranate juice, anything food related can go in those tankers. God, I think last time we talked about that, that was the uh, the the prune juice stuff for the for the prisons you were hauling. The prune juice. It, it, uh, it's not prune juice. It's called Pronto or something like that. Oh, oh, oh that was. Yeah, that's right. right. That was, uh, is it Pruno? Or Pruno, Pruno. It's Pruno or something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yeah. though it was great, it was hazardous. It was hazardous, yep. And yes. you would do you were doing the pruno. Do you still do that or no? No, we're not doing that. We're, <laughs> we're doing it for uh, lemon juice and we do it for uh pomegranate juice. Okay. Different uh companies. So uh the lemon juice, um 
again, to, to, to get in that work, how, uh, shoot, what did I do? I, I bought the food grade tanker thinking let's haul some milk. Cause I'm all about tankers. So I'm willing to guy, you know, get any type of trailer there is to make sure we stay busy. So when I got the food grade tanker, believe it or not, I went out to, to try it, to load it with milk and all that. I had no idea you had to know the farmers. You have to know the farmers? Know the farmers somehow, some way to get in there to get the milk, because that's where the milk is at. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you're thinking it's like big industry, but it's really like knowing like the local farmers. Correct. I pulled up to Kraft. They're like, we all making milk here. You need to go get it from the fields. So so again, I'm willing to try. And and like I said, it's all about the pull-up game. So I just kept doing it and trying, and and, then it never worked. So I sat on that trailer for maybe seven or nine months just mm. trailer with no work for it and so once we uh we had one customer open the door and say hey let's try this out and again we've been getting work from them every single week probably going on i don't know almost a year or two now got it every week so hold on so when you bought the trailer the one that you sat on for nine months what you you just brought it with the with just figured like you were like i'll just find something to put it to to do yeah. with it you didn't actually have like any work at the time or no any work. opportunity nothing you just knew that it was something you wanted to get into i didn't even know i wanted to get into it. i just wanted to try it <laughs> <laughs> okay 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 all right so you said you had to find you so you so are you doing a milk now is that what you're doing no milk we we haul it we put juice in it Okay, so you, you, know, you said you do lemon juice, lemon juice. Yes, sir. Got it. So it was for, but it was for the, the milk style trailers it or whatever, right? It Got worked. it. Got it. it. Okay, okay. Now you're doing lemon juice. So you found that opportunity. Did you find that on a low board too? Or was that just through pulling up? Pulling up. Okay. I think pulling up is with that truck and that tanker or any type of trailer you have is the best thing you could do. Okay. Because what you're going to do is you're going to pull up and you're going to ask for the logistics manager. Okay. And, 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 you know, we, we, I can give you, I can give you that now on the pull-up game. We can talk about that later. Let's but, not let's talk about it now since we talk about like how do, how does that work? How does that work so, for you? So check this out, man, on how the pull-up game works. <laughs> pull uh, you got to pull up within like a straight goofball. I'm, talk, <laughs> I'm talking about, you know, of course, jeans, boots, shirt tucked in, a beard net down here, uh, you know, hair net, safety glasses, earplugs, vest on. Come and ask for the logistics manager. When you're looking like that, you can get you're gonna walk through every single door that they have to offer because they don't know why you're there. They're like, this dude is here for something important. Right. They don't know if you're OSHA, they don't know, they don't know who you are, EPA, like who is this guy? I put the booties on the shoes, all that. Right. Right in there, and they're like, What what are you doing? I'm like, I'm looking for logistics manager. And well, what are you doing? Well, hey, I'm here, man. I want to see if I can haul some loads for you. Oh, okay. We're wondering why you have a hard hat on because uh, what what did you you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right, right. They're confused at this point. Hey, look, man, I'm ready for whatever it is, and I'll hit them with a goofy answer. If I do, are these the right safety glasses? I've been saying it for years. You have to pull up. Yeah. So where'd you get that idea from? If somebody tell you that you just you just thought to yourself like, if I go in there looking incredibly crazy, they they they're gonna actually probably take me like seriously or not understand who I am, and they're gonna they're gonna walk me through the door. I, I got that from from two from two examples. Uh, one example was work got slow, jumped on a low board, uh, drove to a city in Tap, which is about I don't know 30, 40 miles from Bakersfield, and I was in there with a hard hat, safety glasses. 
uh, earplugs, reflective shirt. Because I'm so used to hazmat stuff. You know, that's what we Right, wear. that's the uniform. And I was over there picking up cat litter. <laughs> okay. So I'm walking past all these other drivers with flip-flops and uh, sweatpants on and everything else. And I walk right in there and the guy looks at me, looks at the shirt and goes, don't you guys all fuel? And I'm like, yeah. And he's just laughing like, what the hell are you doing in here? I'm like, well, we have dry vans too. He's like, what the hell are you in here for? I'm like, well, you know, due to COVID, things have been slow and I'm here to pick up and move whatever it takes to keep the business going. And uh, and he just kind of looked at me and his eyes watered up and he was like, that's the American dream right there. He said, that's it, brother. And then right then on, on the spot, he was offering me a dedicated lane. And, mm. and it was from that city to about four hours north of Bakersfield. And, and and I didn't accept it as a dedicated lane because I didn't want to backdoor the broker. Because when you do that, it haunts you. It'll come back on you and you don't want you don't want that nightmare. Mm. In order to do that, you can it haunts you. So I and I just don't I really don't get down like that. So I'm like, well, unfortunately I got it through this. And I could have easily went back over there and say, hey, on the side note, right that. But eventually, these brokers, they talk, they know each other. The world is small. For they sure. Get, next thing you know, I'll get a call. Really, uh, we know this. Mind you, this, today's world, your truck is being tracked on the apps that you use. And they could use it while you're under a load, and they could use it while you're not. And they could say, hey, we see you in the area. Are you are you over there at the refinery we sent you? Or not, I'm so used to saying refinery. Are you at that cat litter place that we sent you to uh, a month ago? Uh, yeah. Um, what are you doing there? How did you know about that place? Why are you working there? Because if it wasn't for us to give you that load to begin with, you wouldn't be there. Right. And then and then now, you know, your MC number is going to get all messed up. They're going to badmouth you. So that's why I don't backdoor the brokers. Yeah. It's important to do good business, man. You have to. You know, like like you said, at, at some point it will. It, it may it may look good in the beginning, but at some point it will come back it to will. get you. Yeah, for oh. sure. I agree. I agree. All right, cool. So what what else we got under the underneath the umbrella? Uh we doing the drage, we doing the food grade, we doing the, the fuel transport. What else? We miss anything? Uh, you know, I had a, an account with uh I'm gonna just be real, it was with Sunbelt Rentals. And I'm gonna give you some free game on this because you know, we all have dealt with hate and hate hate comes in all types of forms. So uh, I think a lot of the, a lot of my issues, as far as some of the customers that I've had and some that I don't, is that it's me. It's me being the face or me being the owner. Then that can haunt you as well. And mm. there are cases where I wish I had someone that could represent me to not be labeled as the owner. Because, for example, if I have a, a customer who's paying good money, right? And, and I'm, you know, I'm a driver as well. So if I'm in the field and I'm out there getting the load and I'm talking to them as if I always speak as if I'm not the owner. So they're like, man, your boss sure has some nice trucks. And I'll tell them, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Keep on pushing. Because the minute they find out it's me, oh, shoot, those those brokers or whoever that's out there giving me the work, they get pissed off. Yeah. Because they're like, well, you're the owner. And I'll have to say, unfortunately, yes, I am. Right. Oh, so we're putting money in your pockets. Yeah. And, and then the work is gone just like that. Got it. So what was what was Sunbelt Rentals? What was that? Sunbelt Rentals is a is a company um that I worked with 
and I had a um, how did it work? I had a contract with them where I was just do work for them daily, and and one of the the guys that was giving me the work, he just kind of um, ooh, it's kind of hard to talk about that one because that one it hit home because it's mm. kind of messed up. Yeah, but he basically came by the terminal just to check it out, and when he seen a magnitude of Reliant and how big it really is, blew his mind. And then to realize it's me that's owning it, he felt like all I'm doing is putting money in your pockets. And mm. I don't Why did he come by the terminal? To pick up some Christmas gifts, man, that I got for his employees. Get the hell. What? So you, you're you out here trying to do something nice for the man. Yeah. He sees what you're working with. He look, He looking at the big screen TV on the wall and all the extra desks in there. He's like, hold on, man. What's going on over oh. here? There's no way. There's no way you. And that's the thing. My age, you know, I'm 36, man. Right. And and I, I get a lot of heat from it. I I, I, hit, I hear it all. I mean, you drug dealer or you. There's no way. There's no way. Yeah. People don't believe it, and it's just blowing their mind because behind all of this is my passion. And I'm right. recently finding out that I'm a fourth gen driver. So not only did, did my dad drive, his dad drove, and not only did my grandpa drive. My great grandpa drove. Okay. So, so I'm like, woo, the bloodline. You said recently. How how did you just recently find out? Well, who kind of told me, and I was just so like, he never told you this before. This ah, I never knew that. <laughs> really? Because yeah. I was having a conversation one day. He's like, you you know your grandfather drove, and you know his father yeah, drove man. too. It came out of nowhere, man. So I'm like, wow, been doing it since wagon wheels. That's wild. Yeah. That's wild. That's why so, so I'm thinking like, well, maybe that has a lot to do with it because, you know, I, I got three boys. My son's 10 years old. And, whew, watch when he come. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tough. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad fifth, the fifth coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a fact. That's a fact. Yeah, I- <laughs> All right, cool. So let, let's talk about that, man. Because like you said, you're 36 years old. You've been in business for six years and you've, you know, grown tremendously. You've you've had a lot of adversity, but you've managed to pivot and still manage to continue to be successful. Um, just for anybody watching this, like what this, let's kind of get back to the beginning. Right. When you first got started, how did you set yourself up for success initially? Because you went and you bought one truck. Right. You bought a you bought that fuel uh, tanker. And you wanted to get into the, the fuel transport game, right? Um, tell me just about where you were at financially there and how you thought about business uh, and, and and what was your business plan? Like, did you, because you, 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 did you know what you were getting yourself into or did you just kind of like stumble upon this road and get lucky? I honestly did not know, man. I had that one truck. I had that one tanker. And I was myself and one other driver. And we just, we ran our two loads a day. And we're just, you know, stacking and, and, you know, I never really paid attention to the numbers. You know, I, I'm just now realizing, you know, and I'm not trying to be cocky or none of that. I'm just now realizing who I am. Mm. Just, just now. People speak on, oh, I want to be a millionaire, millionaire. I've been a millionaire for years, bro. And honestly, didn't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it. How does that happen, man? Because I was focused on the work. I wasn't focused on the money. I've always focused on 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 the passion, which is the work. And so money hit me from back of the head. I look back, like, oh, I did not know. I, and you know, and that's what I'm saying. As of right now, to this day, as we speaking live, I'm, I'm I understand now. I'm like, oh shoot, because every every time that I made any amount of money, I would invest it right back into the company. 
So I would go either, you know, like I said, I had one truck and one tanker. And I ran into that one guy who cussed me out who said I wasn't a fleet. And when I talked to the refiner, I'm like, hey, do I have to be a fleet? I have to be, I have to have three. Yes, you need to have three. And I'm like, oh. And I went to the dealership, I went to Peterbilt. Um, I'm trying to get two trucks. They looked at the statements. They're like, man, you can have anything on this lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, hey, right. <laughs> right, right, right. For sure. Great trucks, man. I could have got some white ones, could have got some brand new ones. I didn't know. I just bought two used great trucks. Um, and then that, then now I had the three trucks, and then um I started looking for tankers. I'm all on Craigslist, I'm I'm truck paper, whatever. I drove to Colorado, got my second trailer, and then uh and then I got the last trailer uh here in California. The, the third trailer, I'm sorry. Got it. And I kind of roll with the punches because everyone asks me, well, how do you know when to grow, when to buy this truck, when to buy this trailer? It's not up to you. It's up to the customer. Got the it. Customer is the one that's going to tell you what to buy, how much to buy. You know, one refinery in, in, in particular told me, hey, I know I got you at uh, three loads a day, but um, I want to bump you up to nine. Can you handle that? I'm like, whoo, uh, what do I got to do to get that? Start doing the numbers. I'm like, ooh, I need another tanker. Bam, I just go get another one. But having the money to do that, it was there. Because every time, every everything that I've done, I don't know if you want to call it saving or being smart. I've always had the funds to go get whatever I needed when I needed. Yeah. Who taught you who taught you about business? Life experience. What do you mean? My whole my whole life has been has been everything that I've done from from you know from being at 16. I, I from 16, I worked at Wendy's, 16 to 18, and I, you know, for two years, I learned customer service. And then from the age of 18 to 20, I worked at Nissan. So I, I was, you know, hands-on mechanic and uh, again, customer service. And then from 20 to 21, I was a diesel mechanic for UPS, believe it or not. And I took all that, all that was IQ. So, I mean, not IQ, all that right there was just information on the trucks, the trailers, how everything works. So I, do, I work on them as well. You know that. Um, so I did that. And then from there, um, I got in trouble with the police. I got a felony. It was really hard for me to get a job. So I started my own business, which was uh, doing lift kits. I would do, go around mobily and put a lift kit on your vehicle. What's a lift kit? Uh, let's say you got a, a stock Silverado at normal height. I will come by and put the lift on it, and then you buy the wheels and put it on there. And now you got you know a monster truck or whatnot. Okay, got it. You know the lift the trucks you see running yeah, around. Yeah, 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 so for sure. I did that. I, I would do it every day, and I did that until uh, CR England accepted my application. Then I stopped lifting trucks and I started driving. Got it. And got it. When I'm you said you said you got a felony, How, did you? Did, you never did any jail time, no? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Like what, under a year. Under a year. Okay, got it. And then and that and that 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 made it difficult for you to get your job initially, right? Oh yeah, I couldn't get a job for nothing in the world. And so how long did it take for CR England to accept you? Um, I think it took a couple months, you know. Um, because I I applied for Swift, I applied for JD Hunt, because it was a felony, you know, when you, you gotta put that on your application, a lot of people look at that and like ah. England was like, shoot, come on, man, let's make it work. And yeah. that's why I was so loyal to them. And I stayed almost four years. Mm. But while I was at CR England, I had some really great mentors 
when I was a student, you know, on the on the truck. And they were owner operators. They had their own trucks with CR England. So within six months at CR England, no, nine months, on my ninth month at CR England, I bought my first truck. Got it. Got it. And did you did you plan to buy a truck or you just kind of liked it and you were I, like I, I planned to buy it. You, you knew that at some school. point you were gonna be an entrepreneur, you're gonna start your own thing. Well, I had my phase one trainer, and you know, I know everyone in the truck and know that your phase one trainer, your phase two, both of mine were owner operators. So they gave me game. Got you. And so they were like, whatever you do, get your get your own. So on my ninth month, um, you know, I had a dirt bike, street bike, pickup truck. I sold everything that I had to get that down payment to get that truck. And my first truck was an 07 Century uh, Freightliner. And I, I bought it. I owned it in nine months. And then I bought my second truck, which was uh, a 2010 uh, Freightliner Cascadia. So I had two trucks. After I had those two trucks, I took the students that I trained. I put them in it. And I went home. I did nothing. <laughs> I made I made good money just with two trucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. only 24. I think I was like 24 years old. Okay. Um, and then I, I really got comfortable. You know what I mean? I didn't do nothing. <laughs> and so, um, and, and for some reason at CR England, when 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 I was getting paid through them, my the the trainees or my employees at that time would see the paychecks. Believe it or not, I had one student or employee. She she quit because she saw the amount of money that I was making, and I was overpaying her. She Hold on. She said that you were o you were overpaying her. Yes, she said that I was stupid for paying her more money than what I was making. So she quit. She quit. I don't get it. Why yeah, she quit? I didn't understand that either. You felt like she was like 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 it was wrong to do that. I, I to this day I don't understand why she quit. And and believe it or not, and and what I learned from that moment was to not make a decision while I was upset. So what I I had her quitting, and I had another driver. Who was just horrible, you know? The, he's a he's a horrible driver. So I'm like, you know, I'm telling England, like, you know what? It's not for me. So I ended up selling both trucks. I sold uh, my, the first one, which was that Century for fourteen thousand, and I sold the other one for thirty five thousand. I went home with fifty thousand dollars, and I found a local job here in Bakersfield, hauling fuel. And that's where it all started. Again, that's that was the restart. Yes. Getting into fuel transport now. Yes. Now you said you said when you had went back to them initially after you got your first truck, you said you got two more, and you said that they like they were like you get any truck you want because they looked at your statements, they looked at how much money you were making, right? So was it like what was it about that that they wanted to kind of just give you whatever you wanted? Was it you had gr great credit or were you making that much money at the time? Both. Okay. Both, and then I and then if you looked at, at my history or my resume, truth be told, that would have been my fourth and fifth truck. Because I had already had two at CR England. Got it. Got it. So you had it. You had a history. You had a history. They were like, all right, this guy has a business that's established. He's bought trucks before. He knows what he's doing. And right. they're like, you know, it's, it's a good it's it's a good investment. Well, not investment, but they got and give you the, the credit to get the truck. Correct. Correct. So so thankfully, at CR England, it wasn't at that time. It wasn't it was kind of based on your credit, but they would give you a chance. And, you know, and you had to have a down payment and all that. And it worked out smooth selling with them on the first truck and the second truck. And then when those were sold, that was the end of that. So when I went to the local company that I worked here in Bakersfield, me being a terminal manager, I'm asking them, how can I make more money? And they're like, they're like, well, you can buy a truck. 
and subcontracted with us. And they're like, yeah, good luck with that. They're not thinking that I can go get them. And when got that truck, they're like, dang, dude got that truck quick. Yeah. I had an employee run it, an employee for the AM shift and the night shift. I made a profit of $35 each shift. So I made $70 per day with that truck. Mm. It wasn't much of nothing, but it added up. It was yeah. payment and all that. And then I asked them, well, how would it work to make more money? And they're like, well, get your own tanker. And I went and got that tanker. And when I got that tanker, they were like, you can't put that on with us. And that is why I left. Got it. Got it. It seems like you, you, you've never been afraid to just ask the right questions. Where, you, where do you get that from? Ooh, that's a good one. I, I guess if you don't ask, you'll never know. But people <laughs> don't, normally don't ask. You know what I mean? Like people are in positions and they usually don't ask the questions to get the answers that they need to, to move forward. They just will kind of sit there and wait for either something to happen or, you know, like they will just ask, like, what do I need to do in order to do this? These are my goals. What do I need to do? Like, it seems like every time when I listen to your stories, you're always just asking the people who are in charge or the person who is the gatekeeper, like, what do I need? Just tell me. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. I mean, it's it's kind of well, because to me, it's all about ele elevating. You know, what is it? What what's next? You know, it's the same concept. Uh, you know, I use working at Wendy's for an example. I started in here. I was on fries. I'm like, well, what pays the most? Drive through. I'm like, well, shoot, put me on drive through. <laughs> so I'm on drive through. You know, yeah. and I wanted to. I learned uh, sandwiches. I learned I learned everything about Wendy's. The only thing I wasn't able to make was the chili. So I but you know, and I and I take I've taken that to everything to every other job that I've ever had. Got it, got it. And you and you also mentioned customer service. You said that a little bit early and you kept on saying that. Was how 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 do you because maybe a lot of trucking companies don't think that customer service is important, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, we just deliver like this load from A to B and that's what we're here for. Tell me how you've imp how you've put customer service into, you know, what you do and why it's so important and what it's done for you. Um, It keeps the people coming back. It makes people happy. So, I mean, and, and like I said, every job that I had, I can relate to it, you know, even from working at Nissan, I had to start off washing cars. And then from washing cars, I was a lube tech. And every time I would try to elevate my manager, I was so good at what I did, my manager never wanted me to elevate. Mm. That was the problems that I would always run into. That would be the only thing that would make me quit any job that I had if I had someone stopping me from getting to the next to the next level. But the customers, uh, I mean, I, it, I, I would love seeing people in the drive-through. I, I giving them fresh fries, you know. <laughs> Uh, I, and I was good. If you came to drive through with the kids and, and you, I knew I gave you them toys yesterday. I'm going to make sure I'm going to find a different toy for the kids. Okay. Stuff like that. Is, yeah. What goes a long way. So how does that translate into the trucking industry? Communication. So if, if you got a customer writing an email, Hey, what's the ETA on this truck? You need to respond right away. Um, it, it's all, if they call, you got to answer 24 hours being there and, and that's what helps us have relationships with customer based on our customer service. I have a, Reliant is ran on my cell phone, this same cell phone from day one. I don't have a press one, press two. I don't have that. Eventually, mm -hmm. yes, 
I'm still at Outlook.com. <laughs> that stuff I just don't care. It's not important. Yeah. I, I people that have one truck and they got a, they got two phones. They got they got a, a landline service and and they and it, what it is that do all that just so you can't answer the phone. <laughs> <laughs> have all that technology so you so you so you don't answer it give yourself a reason not to answer huh? Correct. that's crazy that's yeah. crazy so you keep it simple it's simple man yeah simple. yeah for sure all right cool so let's talk about the industry right now man obviously it's been a lot of ups and downs in this industry more more downs recently than ups um tell me about things going up and tell me about things where they're at now because i know there probably was a period where you probably went crazy just like everybody else like you know post covid everybody was doing well um i don't know when it was the last time we talked but i know you were scaling at that time you were growing the business um it mm -hmm. seems like in terms of equipment you're probably around the same size you were when we last last talked so just tell me about the last like year or so for you Ooh, the last for the last year oh so much has changed um we grew. I mean, I think the, when I spoke to you, I might have been around nine trucks, maybe. Okay. So, um, and then now you know, we're at 16, and now I want to go back down. I want to go down to 12 insurance purposes, you know, because it's almost your insurance is based on how, you know, each truck per month and all that. Um, I'm kind of, I kind of got lost in that question, though. It was kind of. No, no, I, I got you. So I'm, I'm just kind of like, I'm just trying to understand, like, where are you at in terms of like, like, the cycles, right? Like for, for trucking, things were looking good, right? In 2019, 2020, right? 2021, 2022, we started seeing like a little bit of a downturn. 2023, like just went crazy. Like it's really bad, right? For like the, the general industry. So just tell me like how, how, how that's been for you, like in your business. Well, in, in my line and in my experience, it's never really been a down, unfortunately. Down period. Now, Fortunately. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why, because everyone has a truck, right? But everyone don't have a trailer. And, and the way I look at it is just like shoes. Everyone has tennis shoes, for example. Right. And then if you and, and if you you got to have a different shoe for the next uh, occasion. So you got a flip flop you have for the women. They have a high heel. They going out. You have boots. If you're going hiking, you have you you have a different shoe for every event that you're going to walk to, and I take that same concept and I put that as a trailer. So if I have the trailers are just like shoes. So if tanker slows down, trust and believe we're going to use a dry van. If the dry van slows down, we're going to use a reefer. If the reefer slows down, we're going to use a, a flatbed. Flatbed slows down, I'll get a back dump, bottom dump. Any type of trailer that there is, because one of those commodities is going to be higher than the other, because it goes just like this. And it constantly changes. But you can't do that if you don't got the shoes. To, you don't have them. Right. And, so, and, and that's what I see. The common the common companies all have tennis shoes. Everybody has a drive-in. Everybody can do a reefer. Everybody and their grandma could do drive-in and reefer. It's not that many people can do flatbed. It's not that many people can do tanker. And there's nobody really out there that can do uh, hazmat. So I'm in a world of no competition. And I'm not trying to say that to be 
an asshole or nothing like that. But that I've been saying that from day one. I've I've shared that with people that I know personally with trust. And uh, people rather go buy a big fat chain or a nice car other than the different different trailers. Right. Got you. That makes a lot of sense. So you you would say that your business hasn't really been affected. So anytime that one thing was down, you just kind of pivoted into the next equipment type. Pivot and counterpunch every single time. It's, it's bobbing and weaving. I'm bobbing and weaving right now as we speak. The drive-ins are out there. If the, lo the local work got slow for us, you know, and now I, I got sleepers. So I got people out of state now. So, and then let's just say, for example, if it doesn't work here in California, right, and I'll get on a low board, I'll have a customer reach out from Indiana. Hey, uh, we noticed you guys do hazmat. Yes. We have a project from Indiana, Ohio. Are you interested? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> how many trucks, how many trailers? What, what do you need? Uh, well, we need three, three vans a day. It's going to be hazmat from here to here and here. Here's the rate. Okay. Then I look at the team. I'll. I need three drivers that are willing to to go out here and make this happen. And they'll say, out of 19 or however many drivers we have, I need three. I'll get three that says yes. And I, out of the three, someone will say, well, I only want to be out there for three weeks. And I'm like, okay. Well, the project is three months. You do your three weeks, we'll fly you back, fly another driver off there to get in that truck and keep it going. So we're, you've got to be willing to relocate. It's just like if you want to work for a good job like UPS or something like that or PG&E or a gas company or whatever, the first thing they're going to ask you, are you willing to relocate? If you put no in the application, you're not going to get the job. They asked me to relocate. I'll be, if you need me to go from New York to Florida, we'll do it. And we'll just keep the role. And then if it's consistent enough, put the trucks out there and then hire employees that live out there. So you got to be able to balance. So when I hear, I, I, I usually hear a lot of complaints of, in the trucking industry from people and I sit there and listen and I just, I counter it every single time. So there's no situation that they could throw at me that I can just sit there and be like, ah, dang, this is not, I just don't even know how to do that. Mm, got it. Okay. So you just now said you're looking to downsize, right? Um, from, you said you're at 16 now, you're looking to go to 12 for 12. insurance reasons, yeah. right? So that's strictly for insurance or is that for any other purposes? Well, I think I found my, the happy medium, you know, um, a prophet had told me I reliance should be at about 60 trucks and I believe it, but I just, hold on. What's that? I, what you said your profit? I, I, had, I had this profit in the yard, man. This dude, he was changing the tires. He just kept staring at me. That's okay. Kind of subject, but he kept staring at me and he was like, man, you've been through some stuff, haven't you? I was like, oh yeah. And he was like, I just want to let you know, man, whatever it is you're doing, you keep doing it. And you're probably going to be at 60 plus trucks. And, and he's just giving me all this good news. And, and I'm like, thank you, you know, and, and, it, and it possibly can get up to that high. But as of right now, with the, the, the yard that I'm at, this yard can hold up to 30 trucks. Um, I don't know. I, I think like right now, I'm whether Soto at 12 and I'm happy, you know, right there. So when you need so so when you when you downsize, what are you doing? You're you selling trucks off? Or are you renting trucks? What are you doing? I simply sell four trucks and that's it. Okay. Yeah. So you'll sell four. And then what will happen with those drivers that you had running? There's no effect. We just we just got too many trucks. Okay. Got you. So you can still rotate the drivers between everything else that you have going on with the different shifts and so forth. 
Correct. Correct. Because right now, I mean, what, what I'm learning as we speak, you know, is, you know, most of our, our trucks are uh, day cabs. So um, we ended up now that I have sleepers, I'm like, man, it makes it that much more versatile. So we can send those sleepers out over here, over there, because I was getting hotel rooms. Right. Part, you know, and that got old after a while. Right. So the four units that we're selling are day cabs. And then uh, if I were to replace them, I would definitely get mid roof get sleepers. sleepers for sure. Well, you, you had the day cabs because so you were doing fuel. Correct. For, the, so for, you, the, for fuel, right? So you didn't need yes. you didn't need the sleepers at the time. But now the business is kind of changing and expanding. So now sleepers are uh, would be better for you. And these sleepers that I have are the same weight as the day cabs. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. So the whole purpose of day cab really is to be lightweight. Right. You know, the lighter the truck, the more gallons you haul. For sure. So now I got some really, really light day cab. I mean, uh, sleepers. So we were to sell Where are they? Uh, which ones? The, the, the light sleepers that you're talking about? Uh, Kenworth T680. Okay. Okay. Got you. Mm-hmm. New? Yeah. 18s. 18. Okay. Pretty, pretty damn near new. Damn near. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Or 19, one of the two. Okay. Um, yeah, they're really, really, really light. They have APU units on them. They get really good gas mileage. Um, I'm loving them. So I'm like, ooh, I need the whole fleet to be that. And then that way, any truck can go anywhere and, and we won't have an issue. So no, I got it. Yeah. Now that makes sense. That makes sense. All right. So you're looking to 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 downsize the 12 trucks, but you still have all the different pieces of equipment. So that that doesn't change, right? Yeah. Um, what, what are you, what are you looking to get into next? What's the next, uh, thing that you're looking to expand into? What market research are you doing? What's interesting to you out there now? Um, I want to say aviation. Aviation. Yeah. Okay. That's just, that's, what do you, okay. Doing what in aviation? Whatever that I got to fly to, to somebody needs something from, that's, that's how I'm looking at it because. Um, oh, another, another move too. I'm, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you my secrets, man. Somebody go, don't don't steal my secrets. <laughs> uh, you know, being in California, everyone tends to go, you know, east, which is you know Arizona. They go to Vegas. They go to um, you know up north and all that. And if you look west of California, it's Hawaii. All right, guys, Truck and Hustle has now partnered with Transpo CFO, powered by Venning. Transpo CFO offers a streamlined monthly subscription for businesses to consolidate their accounting, payroll, and tax needs into one flat monthly rate, saving businesses a tremendous amount of time and money while making their financial operations much smoother for the long road ahead. Check out Transpo CFO in the description below and tell them Truck and Hustle sent you. Now, let's get back to the show. And they got mm. high juice out there. Mm. So, and they and you're on the low board. So I'm like, you know what? Let's try that. So I think my next move would be to put a truck in Hawaii, figure that out, and then look for a ship. Look for a ship that can possibly get a truck from here to Hawaii and, and get that get it growing. And you either have a barge, it's still a tanker. You with me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Why not? <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, I think, the, I think the last time we talked, you was talking about buying an airplane. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 100%. So, <laughs> so, this, so, this, so your, your mind is still, nothing has changed. I'm starting to come back to me now. You you were talking about the airplane last time. Yeah. Why not? Because I'm trying to, I'm, I, every time I look for a lane, I look for something that don't exist. 
And if it doesn't exist, there's no competition. I don't know anybody that owns a barge. I know a few people that got airplanes, but they use it for personal use. I want to haul something with it. (laughs) (laughs) Have you done done the math on that yet? Have you done the research on how much that would cost you? It don't matter. It's the passion. I I can't I can't look at that number and be like, oh, dang, that's too much. All I can look at is the journey. So I'll figure out how much it is on the way. But that's definitely the plan, the the plan, because hell, I'll shit. I've yet to see a trailer behind an airplane. (laughs) Sure, there's something that's back there that can fly and go with it. That's a fact. That's a fact. So you're going to be FedEx, UPS. The difference between well, in my mindset, the difference between myself and them is that they have next day air. I have today air. So you're going to be just in time, <laughs> same day, same day delivery, aviation deliveries, Why not? air deliveries. Gasoline, some hazmat. I guarantee you some hazmat got to get flown from here to there. Why not? I mean, I, I guarantee you, you're right. <laughs> you're 100% right. And the thing is, is right now, those people have monopoly on, 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 on those lanes, right? Or like whatever you want to call them in space. Um, because nobody else does it. Yeah. Have you ever have you ever heard of anybody doing that? No. You just it's literally not, just just imagined it? it. It's 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 not even an imagination. It's it's just like I see it. I'm like, well, I, I'm like, well, I think that it might be. I, I won't I won't say it's easy, but it's definitely possible. Because then I could get to the things that I would like to do. I would love to have a, a NASCAR. You know, I said that in the first one. That Reliant, imagine the Reliant rap NASCAR running in circles. I got a, a driver that races. Why not? Yeah. Imagine I get a monster truck, a Reliant truck, a big arm like that, just jumping on cars and all. <laughs> no not? doubt. No, why not? Why not? I love it. I, do Do you fly? Do you, are you are are you? Do you want to be? A, do you want to get your pilot's license or I'm is that interesting to you? It, it does. It interests me because I, I'm gonna have to. You know what I mean? That way I understand the game and, and I can, you know, and it can start small, you know, and grow to the next level because I'm looking at like there's big dog companies that are out there that are failing right now and they're failing because they're doing the same thing that they've been doing for the last hundred years. Is that, why, is that why? Is that the only reason why they're failing? Yes. Because they're not adapting or they're not, you know, they're not innovating. Is, is that what you're saying? Yes, comfortable. And that's one thing I don't ever want to be. I got comfortable once and I'll never do it again. So mm. stay on your feet. Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. Got it. So aviation, um, barges, you're just you're thinking big supply chain. Big global. I'm over here. I'm already, you know, trying to get on this battle thing because I want to be able to speak all these languages. I'm getting, I know. I, I know I'm getting different countries. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you know what I'm saying? Might be in Italy somewhere. You know, I look at I look at my vacations now are a whole lot different because I'm out there thinking about business. I'm like, dang. I'm, you know, if I was go to Italy, I'll, I'll look around. Tankers. Why not? So how how do you so let's talk about that? How do you spot opportunities when you're out looking for things? How does somebody like you spot opportunities? Like, what are you what are you looking for? that like what are you looking for to say hey this is something that i could add to my business or this is something that i could do like how do you spot spot trends or opportunities i look for something that don't exist 
in their now, when you when you say it doesn't exist, you mean an like what not because the industry exists but you're looking for like the actual what like the uh just you explain it like what, when you say something that doesn't exist what does that mean to you because um, everything exists yeah. right correct so th let's say you go uh, i'm trying to make a, a light example check it out food trucks right okay so food trucks food trucks everybody got taco trucks hamburgers ice cream i've never seen a salad truck you know okay. what i'm saying and yeah, health nut. If I was to do it, I get a salad truck. I will have no competition, and my line will be off the door. That's but, but so now, if I wanted to play devil's advocate, I say that there, maybe the reason doesn't exist is because it's it's not a good idea. May, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> because, because or maybe somebody I, tried it and then they failed at it, or it just there was it wasn't a fit like in the market for it. Nine times out of ten. If, if it was someone that did and tried it, they failed, maybe, you know, or they quit or whatnot. I, I'm a firm believer in marketing. Marketing is one and passion. Well, actually, passion is going to be number one. So and, and now let's talk about that real, real quick. As far yeah. as that's what's the real issue with the trucking industry, right? Passion. So, so, so what happens? Well, and, and we'll get back to the to the food truck. Yeah. But the way what I'm seeing, for an example, in trucking right now, is that you got people let's say you got this guy who's a trucker and all he's doing is bragging about how much money he has what he's doing right and everyone's believing him and he tells the next guy man get your truck i'm gonna put you on that guy gets that truck gets in the game realize man this dude been lying the whole time he told me he's making a thousand a shift he make 400 shift man and now i'm over here making 400 shift and guess what the next guy does I'm out here balling, man. Get your truck. <laughs> and you call the next guy. And now you got 50 dudes all lying broke. You know what I mean? And not making it. Whereas you got to come in with the truth and say, hey, man. And, and that's what I try to preach and teach these guys. Um, because a lot of people, a lot of, that's another thing too. A lot of people jump in the trucking industry thinking that they're going to get rich or thinking that it's a whole lot of money. And I tell them, if, if anyone that jumped in the truck and if you did it for money, it's not going to work for you. You have to follow the passion. If you're passionate about it, it's going to work. If you're not, you got to find something that you're passionate about because it won't be trucking. And that's the difference when, when I see myself trucking and I, and I talk to other individuals. Mind you, I'm responsible for maybe 27 owner operators here just in Bakersfield. And I and 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 I'll try to help them. And what happens is they'll they'll get that truck, or and they get that first paycheck. You can't tell them nothing. <laughs> I'm paid. You know what I mean? Like big money. They get that. You know, if you, if you do it right, you get one good check. Where and then they they'll cut me off, or when I can't give them the extra game to keep going. And and then it's just a pot of guys who just didn't really make it. And one number one is they was out here chasing money, and it doesn't work that way. Mm. gotta be passionate about it got it got it and when and when you and when you say the word passion what does that what does that mean to you because i mean i know what i think passion is but what what does passion mean to you it's something something that you love you know if, if i if you were to take all these drivers for those you know that are struggling and didn't make it then you ask them if you could do anything in the world if you took money out of the situation and you did if you took anything in the world what would you do 
Some of them will say, man, well, I'll be an actor. Some of them will say, man, shoot, I'll be a firefighter or I'll be this or I'll be that. And I will sit there and ask them, well, why aren't you doing that? Because you're over here investing all this money and time to being a truck driver. You don't even like driving trucks. You just in it because you want the money. And if you chase the money, you're going to keep chasing it. You'll never get it. And that goes with almost everything it is that I see, you know, for example, in the world. And, and you know, and, and I'm like, if you chase the passion, man, it pay. And, and here's an example. I had to sell this to some kids. You know, this is a kid out here. I saw the subject. I don't know how much time we got. Man. Yeah, no, hey, grab. You, you good. Yeah, so, yeah, do your thing. So, so you got this kid out here who's going house to house, picking up dog shit, right? Making money. And next thing you know, he's telling the people, well, I don't, I don't just pick it up, but I can also walk the dog. Oh, well, walk them. I can bathe them too. Okay, cool. Now you've got that $5 per house for picking up dog poop. Now it's $25 a house. And not only does it have this house, it's got this house, this house, it's got the whole block. And eventually it turns into, wow, this guy has a dog park. How did you start? Oh, I was, you know what? I love dogs. And it's easy for me to go back there and pick up poop. I'm, I'm good at it. I scoop it up. I put grass seeds down. I know grass. I have a different seed for each grass for each house that I go to. I plant seeds where I pick it up from. And I got different shampoos based on what the customer likes. Customer service right there, right? That's right. So, and guess what? This dude's a millionaire off of doing what? Picking up dog poop. Yeah. Well, that's his passion because he loves dogs. Is this a real story? Real story. So, so imagine the next guy that's that's seeing him. Oh shoot! If he could do it, I could do it. But you scared of dog? <laughs> <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? This dog growling at you, but it's licking him. Right. Passion. You know what I'm saying? So take that and you apply that to everything in life, and that's the difference. And nine times out of ten, these owner operators are not in it for passion. They're in it because they're chasing money. Mm. And then what happens? You got people that's out here. What they do? You know, I, I, it's a cycle, right? Everyone when got they. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, when you sell a house, I forget the name of the license. Real estate. Everyone doing real estate. Real estate was popping, right? Yeah. Now that fell off. Then everyone's doing dogs. Man, I get fifteen thousand a dog, right? And, and that fell off. Now, now you got trucks. I get ten thousand a week. Now that fell off, and you're gonna keep falling off because you're not chasing the item that you're passionate about or what you love. You're chasing the money. Yeah. And yeah. That's, that's what's going on big time. Are you passionate about driving the trucks or are you more passionate about the business, like finding the opportunities? What 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 is your passion in, in, in this industry? My passion is the truck, driving the truck, smelling like truck. I love the smell of diesel. I You know, I, I've, I've been drawing trucks since I was a kid. I drew this logo. You know what I'm saying? I, I got wood shop stuff that I created as a truck as when I was a kid. When I was in high school. I was telling people. That I would, I would, you know, be a fleet owner, or I'm gonna have something with trucks. I always wanted to be a truck driver, so I wanted to skip college. I didn't want to go to college, you know, because I wanted to be a truck driver. It was an easy way out. I still went to college anyway, but I'm, I'm finding myself in love with the truck. And you want to, I mean, you can talk about this all day and all night, but if you want to talk about something else that I'm not, that I don't really care about. I may not have that many words for you. Mm. So, yeah, got it. Because you did say that you didn't even realize you didn't realize the money that you were making. It was so it was never really the business 
like that was your passion. It's more so just the actual driving of the truck and being around trucks. Driving, yes. And I'm, and I'm sure it could be a whole lot bigger and better if I didn't drive. You said you could you still drive, right? You still, still you still drive. drive one of the trucks, right? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I can't stop it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone thinks that I'm sitting in the office, sitting back, pushing buttons, and I'm not. I'm actually in the field. You know, I'm still in the field. I, I love driving. I love giving these guys road tests and then they fail. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know, and I love getting in the driver's seat. You can be at a red light somewhere and I, you know, set the brakes and I'm over there. I'm like, that's how you do it, man. I'm showing them. Yeah. And back and I'll, you know, we'll, we'll get you or we'll have to put you with nothing but automatic. But um, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I leave. I, what, how, how you say it? You sleep, breathe, live it. However, you, however that's worded. That's yeah. how I talk about trucking. And that's what I'm saying. As far as money, I never chased it. I've always chased the passion. Got it. How do you guys respond to that? Like you still being in the truck and all of that? Like, do is it something that they talk about around the office or is this kind of like that's just who Mike is? He ain't, they, he ain't get out of the truck. They love it. The employees love it, man, because they I'm, I'm not looking at them as their boss. I'm looking at them as a co-worker. You know, we have the same uniform. Uh, we do the same shifts and, and they love it, you know, and when things are hard and we got to make a change, they know that I'm fighting for them. And they they're comfortable. They're not comfortable, but they're like, well, shoot, Mike's here. Whatever he do or whatever, you know, we won't be busy. Because I don't believe in nobody sitting on the couch. You know, if any employee sit on the couch, that's usually because they choose to. How whatever. do you how, how do you manage your time, man? Because you're you like, how, when do you get a chance to work on the business if you're out there like working in the business and and actually driving the truck? For the for the most part, the work is already set in stone. Yeah. So I have to go ham on the computer and looking for work when the work is not there. Once it's there, I can I can just jump in the truck and let dispatch take care of that. Got it. Got it. So but what 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 about like like planning for the I mean, and obviously you've done a great job of it. So it's like because you're growing, you're, you're doing everything right. Everything. Everything is great. But I'm just I'm just wondering, man, like like because, you know, to, to work on a build business and to grow a business, you have to like be constantly like, you know, sell, selling customers and always thinking ahead. And if you're in the truck, I'm just like, how does he find time to do all that, man? It's It's kind of kind of crazy that it, you, when you think about it that way, it's crazy. But I mean. I don't know. It, it, it's it's second nature, you know. I mean, a lot of it is a phone call away. It, it, it goes to my cell phone. Yeah. So you'll be on the truck driving, and then you might get a call about opportunity, and you just stop the truck and take the call and just you do yeah, do what I, you do. I, I'll have the AirPod in, and I'll let the customer know, "Hey, I'm I'm on the ship right now." And then I'm like, "Well, we're, we're looking for Mike. Is there, this is Mike? Wow. Yeah. They like you drive too? Yeah. Oh, wow." So the customers even like it because I'm giving them firsthand. There is no, well, let me see what the driver thinks this and that. If it's a new project, it'd be me that'd do it the first time. And mm -hmm. I'll go out there and see the project managers and get everything set up. And once it's done, then I'll tell the driver, hey, this is where you're going to go. This is how it's done. This is where you need to be. Got it. What advice would you give, you know, the trucking companies out there? Like you said, there's a lot of trucking companies failing. What, what, what? what would be your advice to them? What is the advice you're giving people out there on the field that you talk to and they're saying, Hey man, I'm, I'm not doing good. or I'm about to go under. Like, what do those conversations sound like? Where do you start with them? Shoes. The shoes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the truck is your feet, right? 
Everybody yeah. got feet. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's your shoes that's gonna take you to each destination. So I would I would say I would say for the guys that are just really, really struggling, um, I would I would pull up. I would I would take them damn sweatpants off, get out them crocs, you know what I'm saying? Put on some jeans, some boots, get you a shirt, something like this, just get one. Something look good with your name on it. You know, and, and have a good name of your business too. You got people that, with the stupid names, and I'm not clowning nobody, but you got, you know, hood names on the truck. You know what I'm saying? Big D trucking. You know, man, <laughs> I don't get far with that. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> so you you gotta you gotta change the name. You know, uh, gotta look the part. Yeah, yeah. Look, look, look and appear the part. Yep. Appear professional. Look professional. Um, and, and like I said, look like a goofball. Get you some some safety glasses. Get you whatever you can, and, and literally pull up. Oh, and wash the truck. Come <laughs> on, oh, man. Like, come on, man. You got the bumper hanging off. Wash the damn truck. What's going yeah. on? Yeah, you can't have dirty shoes, man. I, I, I see them all the time. Hop out with with red bottoms on, big chains swinging, bumper hanging off. Right, right. And they have it backwards. Had that truck looking good and washed. And I understand if you don't have the money to um, get your logo printed on the truck or whatnot, you can get something printed out from FedEx and tape it on there. At least it's typed up. All this, all these mailbox stickers, the words "cricket" going on the side of the door. Customers look at that because it's their product and your truck. So actually, we do get work off of our appearance. Believe it or not. Hmm. Had a guy call me and say, "Hey man, I see your truck going on the road. Man, it looks so good. Um, can we? Uh, what do you guys haul?" Then they go to the website. You know, our website shows everything we do as well. So, I would say get the website going and then become versatile. Start looking at other commodities. Start driving around. There's distributions in every city. There's refineries in every city. And just go in there and ask for the logistics manager. That's who you need to talk to. And that way, because, you know, I don't like brokers no no more than anyone else. And to eliminate the brokers, it's all about going to the source. Got it. Got it. Go go pull up. Go to the logistics manager. Yes. And say, what can I do to help you out? What 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 do I need? And say, I'm right here. I am right here. I'm in your backyard. Because if you if you see the, the distribution centers, they got stuff ship, shipping out every day. You know, you can follow a package UPS truck. Or it's going to show you each destination or a uh, hazmat truck or whatnot. They'll show you where to go to. Go follow it. Go in there. Like, oh, damn, a UPS. Because if I see UPS in there and FedEx in there, I'm pulling up. If I see a bunch of raggedy owner operators trucks sitting up out there, I'm going in there. That's right. That's right. You want to play with the big boys. A hundred percent. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Go in there and they may tell you that you don't qualify or your MC is not old enough. That's fine. Because um, what you have to do, and, and this, this is a, a saying that I created, I'm not sure if it's out there, but you have to be the next song. And when I say the, the next, next song, song, yes. Okay. And everyone gonna know what this is. When I say being the next song, it's like we all, you know, back when we had CDs, it was always a song that came on next that we hated. But eventually you end up learning it by heart on accident. Mm. So you don't like it, but you know it. 
And, and that's what you have to be when you're trying to get into these uh, refineries or distribution centers. You need to be the next song. You need to keep pulling up. You need to pull up and let them see you like, dang, man, you're going to do it again. You know what, man? I do got a logo for you, bro. Give me an MC number. Right, right, right. I like that. I like that. The next song. So after and that, look, after that joint, that's a hit. It's always that one that come on that you be like, you skip it, but you still hear it. But you still hear it. Yeah, right? yeah. So you still know it. That's what you have to be. Mm. You have to be the next song, and I and I and I did that. You know, when I was when I tried to get the job at Nissan, I was seventeen years old. And he was like, man, you're not old enough. You're not old enough. I went in there on my birthday. And uh, and it was like, dang, I remember you, man. I said, man, I'm, if I got to wash cars, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Let's do it. You know? And, and while I worked there washing cars, I remember this, we interviewed this one guy that came in. And this dude, when he interviewed for washing cars, he came with sunblock. He came with swimming trucks. He came with flip flops. <laughs> And everything, and we're like, dude, this is an interview. He goes, I'm ready to wash the cars. <laughs> no, he did it, man. Come on, man. I, I, I he ready to wash some cars. And he got the job. <laughs> so that's see, see, that was the catalyst for you, the goofy outfits and all that for you. You was like, tell you. that's where you got it. Thank you. You look like a goofball, <laughs> but you can't knock that. We laughed, but you couldn't, you can't knock that. And that's, they laughed at me for getting cat litter. Man, you a hazmat company, what you doing calling cat litter? I'll haul whatever it takes. So it's that same mindset. And, and that is, that's why we're here. I'm, I'm hoping somebody can listen and try it and, and, and call you out, you know, and, and tell you like, you know what? I actually did it. I threw them sweatpants away and I put on some jeans and I got me some boots. I got out of them Crocs. You know what I'm saying? All these drivers got on these flip flops and they always want to be comfortable. And that's the thing. You can't be comfortable. You want to get out that truck looking professional every single time. Mm. And I'm telling you, you could be looking professional at, at, a, at a distribution center and they'll accidentally, you can get work on accident. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Ha, ha, the, the hazmat lane, that, that's the way, huh? How, how difficult is, is it to get into that lane, into that industry? Ooh, it is hard. It's hard getting your your hazmat uh, cert certificate for the company, but that comes by experience. Mind you, I was a company driver hauling hazmat before I'm doing what I'm doing, and I was a subcontractor hauling hazmat. So my resume made it easier for me to make Reliant be a hazmat company right out the gate. What is it? A series of tests or um, to get certified? What are they? What are they like? They come, they check you out. Make sure you meet certain requirements. Like what? What does it? What does it mean to be have hazmat certified? It's really the insurance. Okay. The insurance that's going to accept you or not. And what? So, they, and they're looking at your resume. Yes. If the insurance says okay, yeah, you qualify, we'll give you the hazmat. Then it's up to you to get your California permit or your your federal permit. That's just uh, was a hundred dollars for the application. Okay. And, and then uh, keep the application on file. And then you'll have uh, DOT come by, and then they wanna they wanna see you know the books. They just wanna make sure you're doing everything right, and then they'll give you a certificate within 30 days. So you could be a hazmat carrier in 30 days, man. Literally, but Literally. but if if you have the right background, you gotta have the right background, and if you don't, you can have an employee that does. 
Mm. Okay. That's yeah. that that could be a potential workaround. 100%. There's, that's what I'm telling you. There's no reason why. I hear it all the time. Man, it's hard. I, when I hear an excuse, I, I, I throw it in the air and I hit it with a ball and knock it out that way. There's <laughs> <laughs> you no know, excuse, man. It's like, something that I'm, I'm allergic to. It's, it's all real, positive does, vibes. Does your, does your location play any part in it? Where you're located, being in Cali? Some people, uh, yeah. I mean, California is going to have freight. And Texas is right behind it, and then so on and so forth. But every single state has a distribution center, every last one of them. So you need to go pull up. There's some, every state has something that they do and specialize in. So if I was in Washington, I'll, I'll be doing potatoes or Idaho potatoes. If I was in North Dakota, like, well, what, what's out here? What, what is something going on? I'll knock it, go to that refinery and what is it? I have to haul mud on moving mud? Let's move some mud. Right. Whatever, whatever, whatever that they have willing to do it. Got it. And, and and for somebody listening who's getting inspired by you right now and they're in whatever state, you would tell them to start where? You would tell them to go on the low boards. You would tell them to start just looking up, you know, um, different uh, uh, refineries. Or what would you tell them to look up? I would tell them to look in that backyard because Google not really going to tell you everything. I would drive around. I would drive around with that truck and that trailer, pull up to whatever and put the flashers on. Sometimes you get cussed out. Somebody will come out, damn it, the trucks, you're supposed to go around. I'm like, hey, man, first time here. And you're not even there for a load. Right. <laughs> right. Around in the back and say, and they say, the load number, please. No, no, man, I'm not here for that. I'm looking for the uh, logistics manager. And you'll see some guy come out the office and like, how can I help you? I'm like, well, look, man, I was right here in town. I was work. I was hoping I could work with you directly. If whatever you have, if not, if you know someone, give me a phone number. Let's work. Yeah. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. And I guarantee you, somebody gonna say, "Man, you're just in time. We we need someone that's local." But guess what? That ain't gonna happen if you got on sweatpants. Mm. Yeah. It's all about your appearance. You gotta look good. So look good and just drive around and do that all day. And you cannot tell me you did that all day and got nothing. Right. Somebody's gonna open that door. Or you may not even have the trailer for to do the commodity. You can rent one before you go buy one. That's true. That's yeah. true. That's true. I mean, you, you make it sound very simple, Mike. I hear that all the time. <laughs> you make it you make it sound like it's very very i mean maybe it's maybe it's simple but not easy correct i mean but you got to do stuff that's everyone's on yeah i think everyone's on the low board go out to the real world i mean it's I say it all the time but i guess people don't do it you know i and i, and I can't make them do it but i'm, I'm serious man I'm, I'm dead serious that's what you have to do yeah. So it's all about uh, the, having different shoes, you know, making sure you're pulling up, um, asking the right questions and having passion. That's that, that. That's what I think is the four the four pillars of this conversation. Yes. And then and not only that, everyone's not designed to be an owner operator. So you got you got guys with five plus experience. You know, UPS is hiring right now. Why wouldn't you go work for UPS? You get great benefits. You make good money. You can work for FedEx. You can work for 
all PG and uh, big dog companies will take you, but everyone is on that. No, I want to be my own boss. And that everyone can't do that. Everyone is not designed to be their own boss. And once they accept that, take that experience, work for a local company, life goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Or learn how they do it. And then you could implement that at some point and start your own thing, right? Yeah. Learn from the best or learn for somebody who's proven. Test it. Or go get that salad truck. <laughs> go get that salad food truck. <laughs> that's that's a good one too, man. <laughs> Fashion a thousand toppings. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. All this stuff on here. Damn, you got Cheerios? Yeah, but if that's what you want. Whatever, whatever you want, I'm gonna throw it on that salad. By the time by the time you finish the salad, it's gonna be a thousand calories, but that's all good. Why not? There's no competition, man. I get to see it. I'm sure there's one out there, but it's not common. Right. Definitely not common. Every, everybody's more so focused on greasy food and and all of that. Right. Who's focusing on health? And it's, like you said, it's a, it's a lane. I, I love I love the way you think, man. Like I said, you make it very, very simple, but it's just kind of obvious. And it just goes back to just niches, man. Like I, I always tell people like fish and you want to be a big fish in a small pond as opposed to being a small fish in the ocean, right? Like be the big fish in a small pond where nobody is at. And anybody who has massive success is usually because they found some little niche that they've carved out that they own. And, 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 and if they're the first ones to get it, it's, it's hard to kind of, it's hard to kind of come behind them, man. You know what I mean? It's, (laughs) It's like, they already run that space. It just is what it is. It's all facts, man. I mean, it's, I can't say it enough, and I'm and I'm happy to be here to even share it because I'm sad when I see someone not make it or whatever, or, or I feel like, damn, if I could have, if they could have called me, if I'd have had maybe ten seconds on the phone with them, or ten minutes or whatnot, to save them or tell them what to do because I just look at failure. It's it's common, but it's not an option. Yeah. yeah Have you ever had a had any moment in your business where you felt like man, things are going a little rocky right now. Like, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do next. Like, have you ever had any of those moments or is, was, has it always kind of been like just forward, forward movement? It's I've, I've always, it's been, it's been, it's just like boxing. It's to me, it's like a counter move. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm already waiting for that to slow down so I can use this. Mm. So this you anticipating it hundred percent all at all, all at all times. At all times, you know, because it's, it's just like to me, it's like you about to go to a club. You're going to say, what's the occasion? You're going to sit back and look at that closet and like, damn, I ain't wore those in a while. Damn, I can't wait to put those on. I can't wait. <laughs> and then it's going to kill them. Dude, but not but not come tonight. And it's, and that's how I look at the trucking industry. I dare someone come down. I'm going to pull another trailer on. Let's go. You know what yeah. I'm mean? saying? Yeah. So yeah, man. Got it. Got it. I could dig it. What's been your best? What's been your best year in terms of revenue? Probably, probably my second year, maybe. Your second year. I want to say in I business. Wanna... So 2018, 19-ish. Yep. Got it. So why was why was your second year your best year in terms of revenue? What happened that year that didn't happen the following years? I was hungry. <laughs> so you uh, had you had less drivers, you had less equipment, but you was just grinding. Hungry man, yeah. So I think those years. I mean, mind you, I never really looked at my numbers. 
you know, I have a CPA now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying I didn't have all that the, the fancy stuff, and I, I was just running, just running, man. So now I'm looking at it, but but now I mean, it, it just I think, man, I think it was my second or third year that I was hitting numbers like M's, bro, and didn't even know it. That's didn't crazy. I, when I tell you I didn't know it, I'm talking to people. It seemed like they knew it, it but I didn't, and they just amazed and. And I'm talking to them like, shoot, man, I'm cutting out a coupon at Winter Schnitzel. Right, 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 right. And now I'm over here pissing people off on accident, not knowing. Yeah. When I'm like, oh, well, that trailer. Well, shoot, that's on sale. Get that. Let me get that one. Hey, man, is it still available? I go get it. So I'm just not, I didn't know it. And at the time, I, I lost friends because of, <laughs> of, of, of not knowing, man. That's wild, man. So, that, so my, my humble to them is like so damn humble to piss them off. They don't believe it. It's like he playing with me. 100%. It's like it's almost like you trolling me right now. Like yeah. you, you can't be serious right now. I, I didn't know, bro. Mm. That's wild. <laughs> telling you i didn't know they looking at me all crazy and i'm like things now i get it now I'm now you get it like okay well, okay. so were you above 10 10 m 10 10 mil no i don't think I really so you probably like five something like that couple mil yeah, okay yeah. okay for got it yeah got probably it. Like in, in due time definitely over 10 yeah for sure yeah 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 um, but uh i just i never looked at it that way you know what i'm saying because like, you really just love doing what you do yeah, man. yeah. So, so I remember when we did the podcast. You you had put on there, you, you put something. You said million something, and, and that right there, it, it's crazy because your, the titles and numbers, people people want that. Right. People, people want me in red bottoms, big <laughs> this and shit. I can't pronounce it. I did it one time. One time. One time. I, I went and and got. Uh, I, I bought one designer shirt and a designer pants. I can't even tell you the name of that shit because. And I was pissed the next day because everything cost about fifteen hundred dollars, and I was like, "No, nah, I'll never do that." Again. Really? What was the occasion? Uh, Super Bowl. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, I, I just you didn't feel right. You felt like a fish uh, out of water. Man, I didn't. I didn't. I just. I, I was like, "It ain't me, man." And, and right. So, now I'm like, to me, that fifteen hundred—that's tarps for a flatbed. That's that's it, it's it's business to me. So. And that's the difference, you know what I mean? And, and I see drivers that do that, but I'm like, you know, I just, bro, I just found out what the word capping was, uh, <laughs> shit, about maybe two years ago. <laughs> you know, I time and have a blue hat on here to me. And yeah. I thought it was a, a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, yeah, blue hat. <laughs> oh, my <man>. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bro, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Fire cap, yes, thank yeah, you. Like, More. I'm always videotaping trucks. You know, I'll make my videos with music, but for someone to send me, and now I get it. I'm like, oh, Yo, that is so funny. Yeah, man. That is too, too funny, man. Just learn what capping does. You got to watch those emojis, man. They'll get you. 
Yeah, and then I seen the one with the steam, with the smoke, smoke coming out. I thought dude was dissing. And they was like, no, you beasting. That means like, you on fire. That means you on fire, baby. You in beast mode. I didn't know, bro. What do you I do in your spare time? Do you have like any any like hobbies or like what do you what do you do for like self-development? You read books, you watch videos, like what, what outside of just trucking, is it is there anything outside of trucking or is that just it? Uh no, I, I'm into uh boating, I'm into off-roading, um, dirt biking. Um, I, I did race almost pro uh for atvs um i'm into all the anything outdoor sports like I'm like activities you, you into like being outside yeah old school still i'm definitely into the old school car yeah 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 yeah. so that's what you fill your time with when you're not working you you outside riding the atv or a bike or messing with an old school or something like that something like that I, i'm taking the fam wherever you know they yeah. go wherever i go or so or my son's football games and stuff like that. So I, I mean, I do family stuff too, but but I definitely try to make sure I, I stay on the the trucking thing. Man. Into the business. Do you read any business books? Never. never nah. Nah. Um, I'm into a book right now, which is the the Celestine Prophecy. Okay. Um, it's a good book. It's teaching you, you know, about energy and uh, why things are not a coincidence, basically. And Got that, it. That and prior to that, I only watched that movie called The Secret. You know, everyone yeah. heard about that. Yeah, I, you, 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 you're the living version of The Secret, my brother. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got my, my mom put me on that at 18. Yeah. And I've been doing it ever since, man. And it works. Alchemy. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. So my vision board, yeah, it's a jet. It's it's a terminal in Hawaii because I, I already told the drivers, I'm like, we're going to be in Hawaii. And what I want to do is take my local drivers here in Bakersfield and have them go out there one month at a time. And I want them and their family to go. So I will pay for them to be there for a whole month while working. They get off work, they on the island, do what they need to do. And then when they come back, I'll send another one. And I just want to keep that going. Because eventually I think Reliant will be at the point where we'll be giving cars away uh, for Christmas and stuff like that. Mm, that's dope, man. That's dope, that's dope. I have appreciation. I don't understand why these big companies not doing that. And I'm like, Psh. They're giving away uh, pens, man, with your name written on it, if you're lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, I mean, I, I am for sure when I when we hit 10 years, any of the drivers that hit 10 years, they will be getting a Rolex, bro. That's a hands down. Do you have a Rolex? I don't. But you're going to get your driver one. 100%. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. That's dope, man. I, I, would, I wouldn't know what to do with it. I right. I'll break that one. <laughs> right, right, right. And and that right there is the reason why you're going to go far, man. They can't stop you, man, because you have the right. The, your priorities are in order. Thank you. man. You know what I'm saying? Your priorities are definitely in order, man. We've been rocking for like almost two hours, bro. Is there anything wow. else that you wanted to that you, <laughs> that you want to that you want to talk about before we before we wrap? Uh, I think I got it. I, I pretty much gave as much game as I can. Uh, I just hope everyone the best i got i still got people from the last interview we did that hit me up on uh instagram I yeah i will call you back i reply i'm gonna definitely try to help whoever gets to the next level so where, where can people reach you for those who don't know where to find you instagram instagram what's your uh handle i believe it is uh <laughs> yeah it is so funny how like out of touch you are like it's, it's, 
don't be caring, man. No, I love it. I love it, though, because it's so good to see somebody who's just absorbed in their own world and not worried about what everybody else is doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you are living your life and not worried about what everybody else is living. You know what I mean? Nah. And that's why you're successful, bro. He's like, I, I believe it. So I don't even know what the Instagram is. You know, like, you know. <laughs> It's, it's the same blood. I still got one page it's the and, and the company at the same time, man. Just, no doubt. No it, doubt. Uh, Mike Studery, M I K E, and then S T E W L E R Y. There we go. Hit that man up. You'll see all his, um, you know, his, he, he, you post often, you know what I'm saying? Different little motivational stuff and, you know, the trucks and just kind of showing what you're working on and what you're doing, man. So definitely hit him up and, and go tell him Truck and Hustle sent you. Show him some love. What you got for us, man? We need a final thought before we wrap up and get out of here, bro. Uh, I'm going to leave you with this. Number one, don't be nosy. Number two, don't take any shortcuts. And number three, do not make any decisions while you're upset. Mm. Don't be nosy. Don't take any shortcuts and do not make, e make any decisions while you're upset. Facts. And there's a story behind that. I can I can explain. Yeah, again, again, rocket. Our work. There was this. There was this. Uh, this this guy he had a wife and he had a son, baby boy. Um, told his wife, "Hey, I gotta go to work." This man went to work. He worked for ten years, never got nothing. And at the end of the day, the guy gave him a loaf of bread and told him, "Thank you for working here." But but he also told him, "Don't be nosy. Don't take any shortcuts." And don't make any decision why you're mad. So while this guy took take this bread, he has to go back home. He's upset, but he remember those three things. And as he's on his way home, uh, he sees this. He's at a hotel or something like that. And uh, on his way home, he sees this. Uh, he hears a loud scream or whatnot, and he was gonna look out the window to see who it was and what it was. And what was down there was a guy who will kill you whoever opened that window. So he wasn't nosy. And then he came to a fork in the road. One was a long way, one was a shortcut. If he would have taken the shortcut, it was a guy that that same guy was on the robber. Finally makes it to the house, sees his wife bathing some man. And uh, he was like, as he's holding his bread, he's like, well, she told me not, the guy told me not to make a decision while I'm upset. She sleeps on it, comes back the next day, walks in the house, he says, hey, I saw you bathing that man. I've been gone for 10 years. I'm sorry. I've been working. And all I got is this piece of bread and, this, and these three pieces of advice. And the uh, she said, well, that was your son. He's getting older. And he goes, oh. And then they cut the bread and it was full of gold. Mmm. Mm. I like that. I like that. I like I that. It really is, but I understand that. Concept. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah, man. I love it, man. Listen, Mike, it's always an honor and a pleasure. We got to do this again, man, on a regular basis. I love to just keep on checking in with you and just keep on seeing how your business is constantly growing. I'm glad to see you still here, brother. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot a lot, a lot, lot of folks did not make it, but you are still here thriving and uh, making it happen, man. So it's good to see that. Likewise, man. Thank you. And same to you, bro. You, you the biggest on Instagram. <laughs> oh, everybody know Chuck and Hustle, man. I appreciate it, bro. And next year, Freight Fest, bro. I, we got to get you Freight Fest next year, man. Houston, Texas. Put, put it on. Listen, you got a whole year to plan. 
Like, like Tim, you got 10 months to plan. September 26th through 29th. I need you in Houston, man. I need you in Houston. I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you the calendar. Lock it in now. Right. Lock, lock it in now for me, man. We going to be there. I think I should be here. All right, let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. All right, Hustle fan, you know what we do around this time. If you smell something burning, it's only your desire. Man, it's been another amazing conversation. Myself, Mr. Mike Stewart from Reliant Tank Division. Uh, man, make sure you go check him out. And we are going to wrap it up, and we out. I know. Y'all take it easy. If you twisted, confused, or stuck about trucks, don't be dumb. This is the place to come. Truck and hustle. Let's go.